0: listening to Law and Gospel on this December the 4th in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and that means we are in the Advent season. It began Sunday, and Wednesday I'll be preaching Advent at four places, and then next Sunday is my last time at this congregation, I have been serving for four years, over four years as an interim pastor. So, if you're looking for a pastor in the Illinois or Missouri area, uh, give me a ring or email me at baker at net, and let me know about possible openings. I don't need just uh, various Sundays, but I would like to be involved with a church every Sunday until they call a pastor. That's what I was doing at this church for four years. That's the seventh congregation I've been at as interim pastor and really enjoyed it. Uh, helping out with everything I can, and we give you more details when you email me, leave your phone number, I'll phone you, and we'll go from there. But today, as we look at Advent, I'll be talking about one of the most important events of Christian teaching. If you were to ask most Christians, how do you get to heaven? They would say, well, the road to get to heaven is to believe in Jesus Christ. But that's not really accurate because something occurs before you believe in Jesus Christ. To believe in Jesus Christ means that you really believe that Your sins are forgiven, which means you have to believe you have sins. Now, every sermon that I've given in the past four years at this congregation has always had two elements in it. The one is the law and the other is the gospel. What do we mean by the law? We do not mean that that is the way that you get to heaven, which, by the way, is the teaching of every other religion in the world. They believe that by your works, God becomes pleased with you and rewards you with heaven. No, that's absolutely contrary to the scripture. So, How does one begin to talk about Jesus Christ? Because Jesus Christ is really the beginning of the gospel. You need to have something to prepare people for the beginning of the gospel. The gospel reading for this coming Sunday, second Sunday in Advent, is Mark chapter one. It begins the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So you would think that the next verses would be talking about Jesus, but they do not. Listen to verse two of Mark one. As it is written, In Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And then it talks about John the baptizer. Well, what has John got to do with the coming of Jesus Christ? That is found in the Old Testament reading from Isaiah 40. Beginning with verse 1, God says, Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her, her warfare is ended, her iniquity is pardoned that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now, remember the goal of a pastor is not only to help you understand the original Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic, but also the English. When you read that from the Lord's hand, you have received double for all your sins, that sounds like punishment, double punishment. But it's not talking about that. It's talking about God's grace. That's going to replace your sin. Why? Because your warfare is ended, your iniquity is pardoned. What is the warfare that Isaiah 40 is talking about? It's a warfare that every human being is confronted with. Namely, are you gonna go to heaven? Are your sins gonna keep you from heaven? Are you going to be punished in hell forever? But the warfare is ended. How did the warfare end? It ended at the cross when Jesus paid for the sins of the world. Those in the Old Testament who believed that that would take place, they were also saved. Remember Abraham? God came to him and said, you're going to have a son. Even though he and Sarah were way past childbearing age. His name will be Isaac. And through him, there will be a community, of fellowship of believers. Countless. More than the sand on the shore. More than the stars in the heavens. That's the Christian believer who has received double for all her sins. Going on with Isaiah 40, verse 2. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, what's that talking about? Well, Jesus is God, and John the baptizer needs to prepare the way for him. And the way he does it, according to verse 4, every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. P L A I N. It'll be easy to travel on this road. What is this road that is talking about? Well, going back to the gospel. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face. John the baptizer is a messenger that comes before Jesus Christ. He's the one, the voice crying in the wilderness. And he says what Isaiah 40 says prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. You see, up to this time, you take a look at many of the religions, even in Judaism. They're trying to make the path straight by doing good works. And many of their good works, they think, are ceremonial laws, which they can outwardly keep, such as giving a tithe, such as fasting, and the other ceremonial laws which the Pharisees brag about. But that isn't how to make the path straight. Because when it says the valley shall be lifted up, that's talking about people who are really depressed over their sin. They're worried about their salvation. This occurs even among Christians. It's not at all unusual. A pastor will visit a shut-in who no longer has a family, very few visitors. They're alone, maybe in a retirement center or in a hospital, and they're waiting for their death but they're worried, is God going to save me? Well, verse 5 of Isaiah 40 says, The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, the mouth of the Lord of course, is Jesus Christ. John the Baptizer preaches the law in such a way to do what? Well, verse 4 of Mark 1 explains it. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That's probably the most important verse for Sunday. What is a baptism of repentance? It is a baptism where people recognize that they are gross sinners. We we confess that. In our liturgy, we say we're poor, miserable sinners deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment because we have sinned by thought, word, and deed. That proclamation is due to the work of John the baptizer. In other passages of the scripture, what is John preaching? He takes the vocation of individuals. Vocation means how they work in the world. For example, soldiers. He tells them what they are not to do, even though they do have to go into battle. But they are not to steal or plunder from those over whom they have become victorious in a war. That's really important because many soldiers were trying to get rich by stealing from their victims. The baptism of repentance is a recognition on the part of us that yes, we may know the Ten Commandments, we may know Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, but we realize that we cannot obey what he says on our own because we are captured by the old Adam, by the devil himself. The problem with attempting to be saved by our works is that that is the wrong motivation for we are selfish in doing good works we do good works a lot of times not because of our love for Jesus Christ but for our love of ourselves and so John is sent as the messenger before the face of Jesus, to prepare his way. Let's give a human example of what is being talked about. Those of you who have had children, they come home from school. And if you don't watch them, they love to go to the cookie jar and eat something. And mom says, no, no, we're going to be having supper pretty soon. Don't eat that. What is mom doing? Well, she doesn't want them filled with sugar-filled cookies, unless they become a diabetic. They can have sugar-filled cookies as part of their dessert. But first, they are to have a meal with proper meat Uh, vegetables, etc. But the sign that they go right to the cookie jar is what? A sign that they are hungry. And therefore, the parent will tell them no wait until after supper. You eat too many cookies right now, you won't be ready to eat supper. You'll be too filled but filled with the wrong stuff. That's what John the Baptizer was preaching. You cannot be filled with heaven by doing good works. You who think highly of yourself like a mountain, you need to be lowered. You who are really depressed need to be raised up. And that's what the baptism of repentance is all about. Every sermon should have the law in it. The law that expresses the truth that you need the forgiveness of sins. Why do you need the forgiveness of sins? Because that is the road of salvation. A lot of people may be upset over their sins. They may have had bad things happen to them. And so they don't like sinning, but it's hard to stop. John the Baptist, he gives a repentance of sin. Repentance means that we are sorrowful over our condition, just like we are hungry for food and our parent then gives us a great meal after which we may also taste of cookies. The law precedes the gospel. Many people do not believe in Jesus Christ because they don't think they're that bad. Oh, their neighbors are bad. And they will put them down like the Pharisees put down the tax collectors and the prostitutes. But those are the ones with whom Jesus is talking. So John is preparing the way of Christ. And when he finishes preaching, and doing the baptism of repentance, the people recognize that they need the forgiveness of sins, which they cannot offer themselves. It is impossible for an unbeliever to do anything to get to heaven. That's why Jesus becomes your redeemer. He does everything as God himself not only created the world and all things, according to John chapter 1, but he now creates faith in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. John remarks about that in Mark 1. All the country of Judea, And all Jerusalem were going out to John and were being baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. That's how we begin every worship service, with a confession of our sins. What follows the confession? It's called the absolution. That's where the pastor says, Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto you. And in the stead, that means in the place of, and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, the pastor says, I, forgive your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Notice that first comes the confession of sins, then comes the announcement of forgiveness. A lot of times, even so-called Christian pastors skip the confession. They don't like talking about the law because they don't want to upset their people. They don't want to accuse them of being wrong. But we all are before God. And that is how God prepares a way for Jesus Christ. For when you understand that you are a sinner, you also then get the realization that you need the gift of the forgiveness of sins. John baptizes you in preparation for the hearing of the message of Jesus Christ. But what does he say? In his preaching, this is verse 7, of Mark 1, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Now that was the work of a slave or a servant in untying the sandals of a traveler washing his feet because of the dusty roads they were on. John the baptizer says he's not even worthy to do that for the messenger of whom he is speaking, and that is none other than Jesus Christ. Then verse 8 really gives you the teaching of Mark 1. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is really important, that John's baptism is only a preparation for the coming of the forgiveness of sins. But Jesus' baptism is, namely at Pentecost through the power of the Holy Spirit is a baptism of salvation. That's why it is really important that even babies be baptized to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the forgiveness of sins for sure. They therefore now have assurance not only that their sins are forgiven, but heaven is their home. Every sermon has to have law to accuse us of failing before God. We do not meet the righteousness of God. So Jesus comes and gives us his righteousness that he bled for on the accursed cross. And we are thankful to him. Advent talks about the coming of Jesus into our hearts. After, of course, the coming in the Bethlehem stable, as we prepare for his coming on the day of judgment. And last week's lesson was his coming into Jerusalem on the donkey. Jesus comes to you. And people rejoice because they realize he is their redeemer. He is their savior. And through him will come the forgiveness of sins. Jesus himself says that as you go through the book of Mark that there are two things that need to happen to unbelievers. The first is repentance of their sin, which means they recognize they are sinners and they are sad that they are not able to meet God's requirements. But then they get the forgiveness of sins with heaven as their home. This is a tremendous passage, Mark 1, connected with Isaiah 40 to tell us the importance of proper preaching and teaching of pastors and parents. Join with us tomorrow to talk about the hymn